Welcome to This Grit and Grace Life. You've got questions, we've got answers. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again, we're bringing real answers to help you live and love your grit and grace life. Welcome to This Grit and Grace Life. I'm Darlene Brock. And hey girl, I'm Julie Bender. You know, Julie, the question of who is God, we hear a lot about God in society. Who is he? Does he exist? Uh, does he care about me? Is he even involved in life? Or we hear people trying to quiet the conversation about God in society so that maybe we'll just forget about him altogether. Boy, that's the truth. And, you know, it's kind of sad because I don't think we need to quiet the conversation about God because this world's kind of challenging. And I think we've experienced that a lot in the most recent past. And I think believing that there is a God and believing he actually cares about you can be at the very least helpful, but even more than that, significant. We personally, you and I, spend time during during our day, throughout our week, you know, in worship, in being around other believers, spending time in God's word. And that's not just ritual. It's not habit. It's not to check some boxes, although I'm not going to act like that's never a part of, you know, my sinful nature coming out, but it's because we really want to know him and to be able to honor him in this life. Well, and if you follow Julie, which I'm sure you are, you see that every morning she does her... Not every morning. I hate when you say every morning. Okay. <laughs> Most mornings, a whole heck a of a lot, lot of, of mornings. mornings, she does coffee and Bible. And we're going to tell you here, you don't have to do it every single morning, <laughs> but she does coffee and Bible. Now, I pretty much do most mornings too. And mine is coffee, Bible, more coffee. And then I reread my Bible because I hadn't had enough coffee to comprehend it yet. (laughs) Well, whether you're reading the Bible or not, we would just like to acknowledge that sometimes it can be hard to understand what's written in there. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. That's why we keep reading it. We really trying, we're really trying to seek out the author of the Bible and what his role in our lives can look like, what it should look like, how knowing him changes us. Well, and Julie, you complimented me on my hair. You like the color. Well, the, <laughs> the stylist who did it, who I've been with forever, um, is now exploring her faith more and she's been reading her Bible and for an hour and 50 minutes while I got my hair color she asked me question after question after question and what I realized is of course it's a bit confusing when you're entering in but that's part of building the relationship you find out more information and you grow so thinking about some of the confusion that is out there culturally or maybe even just internally we wanted to invite a woman whose whole career is literally based on helping people discover who god is today's guest is christian revere christian is one of the founding members of sons and daughters which is a global movement geared toward helping young adults find adventure and purpose in their creator in addition to her work with sons and daughters christian is a wife a designer and a self-proclaimed coffee connoisseur You may hear a little bit of airplanes and dogs, which kind of sounds like a production of a movie, but actually it was as we were recording live. Um, So bear with us. Welcome, Christian. It's really good to have you today. Thank you so much, Charlene, for having me on today. I'm excited to get into some of these talking points. Before we jump into the topic of the day, tell us a little bit about Sons and Daughters' new book, I Am. Absolutely. So I Am is 
already an interesting book, in my opinion, because the subject line is I, but the author is a group, a collective of different people called Sons and Daughters. It's our core team and some of our ambassadors all over the world, people that we have been doing this adventure of life and, and following God together. And so there's testimony, there's stories, there's poems, there's song of who God calls us to be and the revelation that that brings and the impact that has on our identity and not the other way around. So it is a declarative book by a group saying God calls us to be um, his sons and daughters. Mm, I love that. Uh, your book covers who we are in God, right? And then uh, the life full of love and purpose that comes with it. But I want to roll back to what does it mean to be sons and daughters? Let's start there when it comes to a relationship with God. What does that mean and what does that look like? Yeah, you know, for me, I grew up in a Christian household. I have amazing family and people all in my life. But when people ask me when my relationship with God began, I truly almost have to say college because that idea of the relational aspect hit me in such a deep way that I realized not only does God love me, is he an almighty God that watches over all of us. He first and foremost is a father to me. He called me uh, a daughter. He called me to be into a relationship. And not only did that bring a new level of intimacy to the scope and to the way that I was walking in faith, but it also provided me with an encouragement and equal parts responsibility to the walk and what I'm doing here on this earth. And for what we see with sons and daughters is it's no longer God came, he, he gave himself for us and gave us his grace so that we could be free. It's he gave himself so we could know him, so we could continually walk in freedom and invite others into that miraculous journey. It's um, a wonderful invitation, but it's also a call and a responsibility that we need to fully embrace. You know, Christian, I, I, like you, grew up in a faith family and my father was my daddy. He was amazing. But Julie, my co-host, grew up without a father in her life. She was raised by her great-grandfather and great-grandmother. And for someone like her, and Julie, you, you jump in, I think being a daughter of God is a little bit different view. Is that not right? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of like Christian in that my faith became real for me in college. And having not grown up with a father, that idea, like, it sounded nice, but I didn't really connect with it. And sometimes still can have a hard time connecting with it. Um, so I think for some people, that really draws them in. And I think for others, it's so confusing and foreign, or it brings up hurt or pain, that ultimately, one of the questions we really want to address today for the listener, regardless of where they are and what they already believe or think about God, is who is God according to who he says he is? You know, who is God really? And I know, Christian, you have several things that you want to kind of help unpack with us so that somebody can walk away with a deeper understanding of who the Almighty is. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're so right on track with people either fully grasp that idea of, oh yeah, I'm a son or a daughter and, and run with it. And we've even had people come to us and they're like, I, I really don't even know where to begin with that. So we have dissected it and I think what you're saying is the best way to go about it is before we know who we are as a son or a daughter, we have to truly know who the father is. And 
some things that we've outlined within the I am book specifically is just reiterating and re-declaring who God is to us and who he is as a person. And some of those, the first one would be, I'd say God is our defender. He fights on our behalf. And in this day and age, if that does not bring you some level of comfort or make you want to dive into a relationship with Jesus, I don't know when will, because we've all been impacted in this way of realizing, hey, as much as we want to control our own lives, especially my generation, we're we're known for people. We want to work hard, but we also want to know what it's going to look like. We want to know how we can control everything and, and package it to something condensable. And sadly, that's led to a lot of anxiety and depression within this generation. And I've even walked through seasons of that where that need and tight, tight gripping for control in our lives leaves us feeling led astray or leaves us feeling like, hey, who is this guy? Like, where is he when I need him? And when we realize that God is our defender and he fights on our behalf, not not being a genie in a bottle that tells us exactly how everything is going to go, but says, if you will let me lead you, if you will let me fight on your behalf, if you will only trust me in this season, I will not lead you astray. I will be there for you, whether that's taking something away in one moment or giving you the strength to fight it. And that has been a revelation for me and just one, not having to have that tight grip of what my life's going to look like, but also knowing, you know, whether you have grown up with a father or you haven't, uh, whether you're single or, or you're in a relationship, knowing like you're not at it alone. I totally agree with that. And I think especially like you, you kind of alluded to this day and age, kind of where we are around the world and culturally, I think one stumbling block that people have with really seeing God as a defender is that age old question of then why do, you know, bad things still happen to me? If God is so good, you know, why doesn't he always defend me? Or, you know, why do I still have struggles or trials in this life? Yeah. And to be honest, um, I think even those of us that have been walking with God for a little bit that have been in this relationship, we'd almost be lying if we said we haven't come up against those thoughts. For sure. Um, especially in this COVID season where we are seeing people pass away or we are um, being separated from the people that we love. Um, I think it's important to, in this day and age, especially and for my generation, anyone that's watching this and battling those feelings, knowing that how we feel in a moment and knowing our scope or or how we see the problems we're coming up against is just one speck of how god sees it i've sorry guys if my dog (laughs) is too loud just let me know and i'll restart um but i've heard things and i've heard people speak on this because that's one of those questions that i feel like can be detrimental for someone Mm -hmm. where it can make or break your relationship with god of, of thinking hey, you abandoned me when I needed you. How could you be a father if you weren't there in this moment? Um, And we've seen, or we've had to rely on this trust of, you know, I may think defending for me or providing for me this moment looked like X, Y, and Z. It looks like taking something away right away. It looked like healing me in this moment. But we've also seen on the other side where we've walked with people that have had wild testimony of, you know, it wasn't what I thought it would look like but God showed up. It wasn't uh, the timing or the season or the route, but I can attest that God is still good because he defended me in a way that only he could. It took a trust out of me as a son, as a daughter, 
but him as a father knowing that he has good things for me knowing his timeline knowing what his will is comes in in a way that we can't again we can't control we can't predict uh, we prophesy in part we see in part but we trust fully in letting him do what ultimately only he can do i think a lot of it requires time and patience where to jump to why is he not providing rather than waiting to see because i can say over time i have seen him provide and care for again and again or defend me again and again and you know i i didn't see it at the moment i doubted it at the time but ultimately i can in hindsight i can go you know what he was there even when i didn't think he was yeah i think that's a great point and Ultimately, that brings me back just to knowing, you know, as he's defending us, he's also providing with us. He's making uh, provisions in the way that we will come out of seasons and the way that we'll go into new ones. And we've seen that God doesn't just meet our needs. He opens the windows of heaven and rains down glorious riches in ways that we, again, can't fathom, think, or imagine. So in the way that he defends us from going down the wrong road or he defends us from um, being without him and walking on our own, he also gives us the way, he gives us the knowledge, he gives us um, in certain ways the resources, he gives us wisdom and just faith to continue to walk with him. And I think, you know, I've heard a lot of people, especially here in the South, when you go up and you say, hey, how are you doing? And people say, oh, I'm blessed, how are you? (laughs) And for me, I'm like, I don't, you know, I love that answer, but I don't know how that means you're actually doing, but, I've seen the people that answer those ways and I've learned, especially from those um, that have wisdom that have been walking further, they're older than me and just continuing that mindset of, hey, even if I don't see it right now, like I know I'm blessed, not because uh, I drive a sports car, not because I have the nicest home on my block, but I'm blessed because I know that God provides for me in my emotions and my thoughts, um, in my resources in this life. He lets me be a blessing with how I can physically, emotionally, or just thoughtfully bless other people. And I think taking that scope off of provision and making it a non-linear path of just God saying, you know what, today I'm going to give you the strength to fight these battles. Today I'm going to give you hope when it seems like the world around you is hopeless. Like That for me is the most provisional I've seen God, especially in this last year, of just knowing hey, God's not a genie in a bottle to give me something, but he provides for me the way a father does. He walks with me. He cares for me. And I have to put my mind back on that and be, yeah, you know what? I'm blessed too. Hallelujah. Have a good day. I love that. And I think that's really important, Christian, because I think if we if we pull it all back, I think it's easy for us to go, yeah, I want to have my bills paid and I want to have you know, financially, financial security, but the reality is more than anything, we want peace and hope and confidence and purpose. And the other things will usually come along, but God provides that. God provides that hope. God provides that peace. God provides that confidence when we're in uncertain times and strength when we're weary. And that part of his provision is so valuable to conquer this life. Absolutely. And and we like to think of it as it is easy to get caught up of what do I need today for the life that I've planned out for my five year plan to happen for me to get the job I'm trying for to to meet the right one. But 
remembering first and foremost that our life is not just what our walk on this earth entails, but it's eternity. And when we have that eternity mindset, uh, our provisions and what we're praying and asking God for can drastically change. It's God, give me, give me faith to do this life well. Don't just give me um, some cash in my pocket, but give me a life that is around people and is um, bent on you and telling people of your goodness. And, you know, this all just brings me back to the point of God and the, the piece I want to hit on today that has been the most wrecking in the best way for me. And that is God is our redeemer. You know, for me, my eternity would look a lot different if I didn't allow God to be who he is, to be my redeemer, because I walked with God from a young age, as I mentioned before, but that moment in college where the relationship side became real to me, it, it also brought the revelation of not only is God gracious and loving to me, but am I being gracious and loving to him? Am I giving him my first love? Am I honoring him as the prize in my life? Or am I living for the world and idolizing other things? And at that time, the answer is I wasn't. He wasn't my first love. I was seeking love in other ways. I was seeking attention and a route and a calling that wasn't mine to have. And when God came in and redeemed those areas, he just ever so gently as he does, as a father does, would point out things and say, hey, this isn't who I've called you to be. I know you're looking for love, but I am love. You're not gonna find that outside of me. Let me redeem you. Let me restore you to who I'm calling you to be. And that's ultimately my cry for women, but also this entire generation is, we get so caught up in the feelings of, well, I'm, I'm searching for love. I'm searching for meaning. Uh, specifically people my age, I wanna make a difference. And sometimes we can want those so into, or so immediate or so in the way in the lens that we're seeing them that we can attach them onto different things. But I can attest in my own life, nothing that I tied those to ever held the same weight, ever truly. Oh, okay. I thought it would hold her. Alan, come here. But nothing that I was attaching my love to or my purpose to or seeking out for ever fulfilled me in the way that God wants to. And I think that's ultimately because he's placed that longing within us innately, whether we realize it or not, there's this hunger for an area that he can only fill. So I, I would love to see my generation really take a moment to say, what does God the redeemer mean to me? What areas is he wanting to redeem and restore in my life? And do I need to just give him that grace in that area to come in, give that invitation? Because reality is, I hear people say like, I'm, I'm just chasing God. I'm, I'm trying to, to get to him and receive that love. But if we're honest, there's an open door. There's an open invitation at all times. And all he asks is that we'll, we'll meet him, that we'll stop entertaining and opening other doors and just focus on him and allow him that space in our own life. You know, I think it leads a lot of people to think that they need to earn a place with God, that they need to work for it, that we have step A, B, or C, or if we don't do it well, we get hit across the head. And what you're saying is he redeems us because he wants to, he, he restores us because he wants to, or do we have to earn it? 
Yeah, that mindset of having to earn it, I think comes with the reality of our world today is we have to work so hard for everything. And, um, you know, men and women alike are going to college, they're doing internships or getting careers. And it's this constant ladder climbing, trying to, to break ceilings. But when it comes to our relationship with God, it's so anti the social norm that it can feel like, well, once I stop sinning, once I stop cussing, once my life looks perfect on paper, I marry the right person, then I'll be worthy enough to receive God's love or I'll be worthy enough to say, hey, I'm a daughter of God. Um, it can feel weighty and feel like we have to have some type of badge or laminated name tag <laughs> to get to that place of having that title. But reality is the second we come into relationship with Christ, it says he adopts us into his family, we become co-heirs with Christ. And I think today there is uh, a little bit of a caveat and muddy water between not having to earn God's love, but continuing to walk in the way of what that looks like of following him. And the only way that I can really think of it is it is that relationship. So God's grace, his love for us never runs out. It's a well that's constantly full. But what we bring to the table, what we bring to that equation is when we release it, when we re repent of everything, when we say, God, I've, I've had other lovers, I've, I've put my attention in other things, but I'm choosing to walk with you and follow you. He does the cleansing for us. He completely removes everything else. But if we constantly go back to those other things and entertaining uh, other areas of our life that that he hasn't called us to, it muddies the water. So God's grace never runs out. He never asks you to reach a certain level before you can receive it. He just asks that we follow him. And I, I think the, the sooner we realize that, the sooner we stop striving for grace and we realize it's a free gift, but we have to to hold it well, to treasure it as it should be. I love that picture of how you're reminding us, you're calling us to this God who is loving, who is so other, who we don't ultimately deserve to be in relationship with, but because he's good, he chooses to care for us in this kind of way. And, and because of that, we want our lives to reflect his nature back to those around us who already know him and those who are still far from him unlike we we are who have you know turned toward his love so i think that's a good reminder for those of us who already know god in these ways and many who are still searching you know through the highs and lows of their own grit and grace life wondering if he really is real like julie said uh you may or may not be in a relationship with god but what we can tell you is there's none like it. There is absolutely none other in this world that will help you fulfill the life purpose that you have. But you may wonder, how do I do that? How do I get there? So Christian, can you share that with our audience? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm so happy that you guys are making that distinction and increasing that invitation to anyone that is watching. And just for a bit of encouragement, it's so funny when people ask how my husband and I met because we met, were engaged two months after we'd been dating, married four months after, and it was a rather quick uh, celebration and transferal into getting married. And then we meet other people that say, we've been friends for years, and then suddenly one day it clicked. And I think that's how many of us are when it comes to our relationship with God. I walked with God for years, kind of more of the, we were friends for forever. Mm -hmm. And then one day it really clicked that there was more to the relationship 
than I was letting on. And so I want you to be encouraged if you're listening to this, thinking, hey, I knew God when I was a child, but I've walked away from him. I haven't really been present. Or, hey, I'm meeting God for the first time. I want to do a full dive. Whatever position you're in, always know, remember that that invitation is fully welcome. And to be a daughter of Christ is not, again, it's not to have everything perfect on paper, but it's to have that heart posture, that willingness, uh, almost like the friend that's been dating the wrong guy. And you're like, hey, you know what? I know that there's someone out there that's going to love you better, that's going to love you strong, stronger. I would say the same thing to you. If you don't know God yet, he's not wanting to change you because you're a terrible person. Right. He wants to love you and call you to a higher standard because that's the way he sees you. That's the way he loves you. And all he asks is that you come to him and you let him begin that relationship with you. Let him take you on an adventure is how we like to call it of discovery, discovering your identity, embracing the freedom and the calling that he has for your life. Because reality is they look different. Calling looks different between us all, but all of us are called to be his sons and daughters. I love that. Gosh, Christian, thank you so much for taking your time to be with us today to just remind us of God's goodness, maybe to invite us into a relationship with him for the first time, if that's where we are. We, um, I think you've left us with a lot to think about and to ponder and to find hope in. So thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me. Enjoyed our conversation. You know, as uh, daughters of God, I think there's a Bible verse that tells us how we should live and how we should act and who we should be. And it's Ephesians 4.15. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. And as we discover who he is, I think that's our goal, is to grow more like him, to become more like who he is, so others might find him too. I hope as you walk away from this episode, you're really pondering who God is to you. And that as you think that through, you're comforted by the truth that he is your provider and does provide lovingly for his children, that he's your defender and he will fight on your behalf, and that he is your redeemer, forgiving and repositioning you toward him and toward the purpose he has for your life. If you want to learn more about Christian, you can follow her on Instagram at Mrs. Christian Bevere. And of course, you can follow along on Facebook, find her new book. We'll put that in the show notes so that you can get a copy of I Am at sonsanddaughters.tv. We'll catch you next week as we answer the question, how do we find happiness without neglecting the needs of others? Can't wait to talk soon. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of This Grit and Grace Life. Make sure you've subscribed and rated and reviewed the show so more friends can find us. You can also share about this episode on your social media or send it to a friend you think it could help. You can find everything we talked about in this episode on our website, gritandgracelife.com, where you'll also find plenty of other articles from other women answering questions you may have.